Hey listeners, you're listening to the School Chat Podcast. This is where we have amazing conversations with some of the most influential people in the industry to help you better your studies and keep you updated about what's happening. And this podcast is brought to you by School Chat, an online learning platform for high school and tertiary students with all the learning resources a student will ever need. Visit schoolchat.com to sign up now. That's schoolchat.com to sign up now. And I'm your host, Tawasello. Welcome to the podcast. What you want is friends who, even if they don't support you financially, but it's people who are saying, yes, girl, I can see you do this, do this, do this, I'm behind you. When you're creative, you have so many ideas and you see so much opportunity, but you never really implement because you are so doubtful what people will think. When I decided to publish, it is because I noticed that maybe there is someone going through the same thing that I was going through. One thing that they have to be aware of is that it's okay not to know. Hey guys, on today's podcast, we have Varele Buhile Bapole. She's the Managing Director of Epiphany Nail Bar and Cosmetics, and she's the author of Pride Before a Fall, which is her new, newly published book. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah. So for people who might not know you, can you tell us more about yourself, where you come from? Okay. Uh, like you have already said, I am Gulebuhile Apol. I am 16. I go to school at New Millennium, um, currently doing my Form E. My hometown is Mafeting. Great. You have recently published your book, Pride Before I Fall. Can you tell us more about your book? What is it and uh, like what inspired you to write the book? Okay. Generally, Pride Before a Fall is a compilation of 30 poems. It's poetry that we could, motivational in a sense, because it's um, poems I was writing when I was at my lowest. When I decided to publish, it is because I noticed that maybe there is someone going through the same thing that I was going through. And this might be helpful to just at least one person. That is when I decided to publish it because I always wrote poetry ever since I I was about 10. But the, the thought of publishing came about last year, right when the pandemic, when we were in the middle of the pandemic and there was chaos everywhere, um, I decided to publish. You're a student, right? Currently doing yes, I am. Great so what are some of the challenges you face when you're writing a book and like being a student at the same time? If there is one challenge that is rather major, it's time management. Because both of these things that I'm doing, business and my academics, need attention. 
100% of my attention. That is what they need, both of them. And I can't offer two, two attention to two things at the same time. So that is where it becomes difficult because in the morning I spend eight hours at school. I come back and I'm supposed to prepare for another day of school. But I'm also supposed to find time to focus on keeping my records of um epiphany and also focus on advertising and doing my research so as to keep my businesses growing it's not easy but i guess i'm able to do it because uh, my mom is also an entrepreneur she owns bountiful health and beauty spa so, so she knows a lot she's able to help me and that is generally how i cope because it is not easy at all it, at weekends you would expect that I go to group studies or what, but I'm supposed to be out there um, doing interviews on radio stations and everything, but it's just a matter of juggling both of those things. Not easy, but so far, I think I've been doing well. Uh, one thing I've realized about creative people is they have a lot of doubt about their work. Did you have any doubt yourself when writing the book? And like, how do you navigate that so that you don't end up saying, you know what, I'm just going to leave it because I think people are not going to think it's good enough. Like, how do you manage that doubt? I guess the center of who I am is me being a Christian. So it just so happens that the idea of publishing was one thing that used to come, even though not as much as it did last year, it used to come and go the past years but I wouldn't really give it attention so at some point I, I had decided to publish before I actually did it but I got disappointed so much because I had relied on getting help from many different people who didn't see my vision and they couldn't help me got disappointed and then I stopped and then when I eventually did as I said last year um I got I don't know how I don't know how to explain it, it was I, I, we could call it a revelation I, I saw that I had to do it and I knew that that was the time frame. And I guess since I'm already an introvert, when I decide certain things, I do it not really caring much what people will say. So I had to pray about it. I had to take some time focusing on me, boosting my self-confidence, taking time with myself before I actually got into manifesting the, the mission. So it is, that is very true. When you're creative, you have so many ideas and you see so much opportunity, but you never really implement because you are so doubtful of what people will think. And as much as it sounds like a cliche, it doesn't matter what people will say. So that is the process behind my creativity. I think there are a lot of people who have ideas like writing a book, um, some may have written a book, but they don't know how to publish it or what's the process. So I want you to take us through the process of like writing a book. Okay. One thing that they have to be aware of is that it's okay not to know. You, you want something and you see it and it's beautiful on the other side, but you have absolutely no idea where to start when you implement it. That is exactly how I was. I had a book, I had so many drafts of so many different poems, a hard copy book where I just keep on writing. And at the time, that is all that I had. So I had to get out of my shell and do research. I had to do research on people who have published books. 
um, find their contacts, find their emails, talk to them, ask them a lot of questions, do my own research, um, um, ask for different inputs. But how it began, how it really began, it's here. I look for people around my area, around Maseru, who edit books. And in particular, I found a lady called Medikele Dikap. She is an author of about three or four books herself, and she also edits them. So I looked everywhere. I found her contacts and I started talking to her. And then after I talked to her and it was time for me to make decisions, I noticed that this thing is going to need a lot of financial backup, a lot. And at the time, remember, we're in the lockdown. Mind you, yeah. uh, my, my business had not even started as yet. All of them, I had nothing at the time. So I knew that I'm not, I, I'm not going to depend on my mom to help me with this. I just knew that it's something that I need to cut her completely out of when it comes to the financial side. So um, I asked her, my mom, to teach me how to do nails. And she taught me during the lockdown. Once it was eased up a bit, I started doing nails started making decent money about three or four clients a day and then i also had to learn discipline with the very same money because when you have about four clients a day it's about 600 so i i had to learn how to save that and and have a budget and have all of those things and mind you as a teenager that is so hard but i had to learn because when you see what you want you, you just know that you need to stay focused and luckily i did so once I had the money for the editing, um, she started editing. Once it was through, I also had to whip up the money also for the graphics designer, which who is the one who made my cover photo. And then had to look for another person who did the formatting. Mind you, he is also paid. And that was done. After that, what has already been covered is only the soft copies. I still need to work out a plan for having the hard copies of the book. So I had to work another plan, find somebody who could print um, with the quality I wanted, and I could only find that in SA. So I talked to the people, we negotiated, took a, a, a few weeks, but I ended up having the money for the first few copies, and I did. After having that, I then started approaching different people. My mom is a very well-connected person. So with her, she was able to find me those particular people with good social media platforms so that the book got recognition when it arrived. So that happened and then the sales began and it's just, it's just been growth from there. Okay. You also touched on something that's very important, which is uh, financial discipline. Because mm -hmm. I feel like when you're young, a lot of people aren't really into businesses. So how do you like manage the peer pressure that, you know, sometimes when you're running a business, you make a little bit of money, but then you see other people buying like nice stuff, but then you can't buy the nice stuff because you have all these expenses you have to take care of. How do you manage that, like that peer pressure? I've always been weird in the sense that I, like I said, I'm an introvert. So my friend circle is about, 10 to 15 people max and those people are the people who have and always have been there um but touching outside of them peer pressure is not only something that comes from your close friend circle it comes from literally everyone as long as they're at your age group. but i guess it all comes with self-discovery 
once you know yourself and you know your goals and you have written them down and they are not just goals, but it's things that you're passionate about. It's something that comes deep from your heart. You are going to have to learn to sacrifice. Because, yes, um, I love a lot of different things. I see my friends going out for lunch, buying new clothes for this certain party, doing this, doing that. But you're just going to have to say, okay, they're going to a party. It's fine. I'll go home. Oh, okay, they bought a new dress. You're just going to have to learn to be humble come back down and if it's people who keep on pressurizing you to the to the point where you end up feeling bad it's just a clear sign that you need to push them away that they're not meant for you even if it's not permanently at that particular time they don't benefit you they are pushing you away from your goal so it's a matter of you being very straightforward with what you want and what you don't want what you want is friends who even if they don't support you financially but it's people who are saying yes girl i can see you do this do this do this i'm behind you so if it's people who make you feel bad and drown your energy don't feel bad to push them away it is for your own well-being even if you call it being selfish it is worth it so i had to learn that very difficult and um tricky lesson but I, I was able to implement it and it was very beneficial. Uh, when was the book published? It was published on March 26th this year. March 26th. Yes. And another thing is we are not really well known as a culture that enjoys reading. So how is the response so far? The response so far has been, I guess we can call it moderate because... Having a book published in Lesotho is it's not really something that you could yeah. call 100% of a positive factor because, like you're saying, reading is not really our culture. So the response, I'm just going to call it moderate for now. But according to what I expected when the doubts were sinking in, I expected less. But it started booming. People were sharing posts. People were calling to find out where they find the book. And it is still going on. It's true, I still need to implement a lot of different factors, which I could see would work for my well-being in the sense that I need to find a way to to, to, to back some international deals because that is the only way um, the book could get enough exposure. Um, there's a lot more opportunity outside, as much as it's a hard pill to swallow, than there is inside Lesotho. So the exposure for now, it's good. Um, I'm going to keep on pushing. Um, as much as reading is not our culture, the book on its own was published with a certain market. So not everyone who's walking around here could actually buy Pride Before a Fall and read it. There are certain people I'm targeting, which is why market doesn't really bother me. This podcast is brought to you by School Chat, an online learning platform for high school and tertiary students with all the learning resources a student will ever need. Visit schoolchat.com to sign up now. That's schoolchat.com to sign up now. Okay. So another thing is that as an entrepreneur, when you release a product, even before you release a product or a book or some whatever you have done, like you said, you have to pick your market. What can people do to like narrow their market in such a way that I know that this product is for this group, not this group? The first thing that is a rather big factor is for you to really be genuine. 
with how much input you put into the product in the first place. Because if you buy ingredients of about 500 each, you can't really expect that product with just one ingredient being worth 400 to be bought by everybody. It's already, um, what, what, what can I call it? A high class product, if I should say. Because if one ingredient costs that much, imagine how much worth is going to be put on the, on the entire product. So we're going to have to firstly start by looking genuinely how much money-wise is this product worth. Then you're going to have to go out and look for not too many people, about 10 people close to you and a few not too close to you who would give you their genuine views of your product before you release it out. So that is where if you're making hand creams like I was, I had to walk outside and just pick somebody who I randomly think is approachable and ask them to use the hand cream and then they tell me their genuine views and then also give a few of my classmates to tell me their views. That way, when you mix it up and look at the type or the level of people who are saying yes to it and those saying no, you gauge using that. Because once you have that, it's just a percentage of the people who are going to receive it once it's really out. So that way you are narrowing out all of the, the bad things that people could say about their dislikes with your products once it's genuinely out. Because you have already pushed them away by saying, okay, my hand cream is 50 bucks. So not everybody's going to buy a hand cream that is said to be 50 bucks. So the minute it's 50 bucks, a person who has 15 bucks in their pocket is just going to generally pass the post and not even read it. But one person who knows that they love quality, not quantity, is going to look. Those are the two that I think are the major, most important things with narrowing down your market. Amongst the 30 poems, which one is your favorite in the book and why? Um, My favorite um poem is... Karma. Karma is a poem that I wrote just during the period where I was about to publish the book. It was one of those last minute poems that just happened. And as I was reading it, I felt so addicted to the choice of words that I had used in the wordplay and how it made me feel at that particular point because it didn't really fall in the category of the poems that were generally in there, the majority. It's more or less like an outcast. It's it's different. It stands out. For me, it's, it's definitely my favorite poem. So you also talked about um, Epiphany, your company. Can you tell us more about that? Epiphany, generally, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a cosmetic label, and I also used to do my nails under it as a brand also. So it started first as me doing nails to push other things. So when the when the birth of the cosmetics came about, I just decided to put it under the name Epiphany. Epiphany generally means rebirth of something new, new or good. And it came about in a very weird way because during my evening studies where I read the word alone in bed, I happened to just feel a word being laid in my heart and I did research English-wise and religion-wise and then I started feeling it matching what I needed at the time because it is when I was drawing down my business plan. So what happened with Epiphany is that um, for it to generally be there, it was a result of the lockdown. During the lockdown, I was looking at so many different things 
thinking, okay, once I'm out of this lockdown, I'm going to do this and this and that. But at the same time, I had to be realistic in the sense that it, whatever it is that I'm going to do when I, once I come out, it needs to be something tangible, something that if I do decide to push, I can find the things that I need to push it right here. So I looked into doing lip balms. How do, how do, how do these people make comics? How do they make, what is it called? Is it labello? How do they make lipsticks? Then I started doing research. How do they make hand creams? How do they make these feminine products? Looking into the ingredients that they use, looking at the simplest ways, looking at the reviews, just doing general research. And I did, and I noticed that this is actually very doable. This is actually very easy. And then there was the question with, okay, now I have the what do I need? How do I get it? which was another very difficult factor because I had to find where I find these raw ingredients, where I find extracts, where I find the, the, the machinery that I need to use. True, it's not really the big type of machines, but it's, it's rare machines that are not really easy to find. Where do I find packaging? How do I design a logo? I started doing all of that, and by the time I, 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 the lockdown was out, I had where I need to find those things. And then there was also the factor of me being disciplined enough to keep money. And once I had the money, um, I dedicated a day on Saturday when I was not going to school. I called all these different people, spent the whole day going up and down in town, found everything that I needed. And once I got home, I cleared out and I started mixing things. <laughs> I started mixing things. I remember at the time my mom had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was just making a mess in the kitchen. I was mixing things, trying out different formulas, warming up this, cooling down that, putting into packaging, trying a lot of different things out. And once I found what I wanted, I knew. And then I asked, I, I continued to ask my mom and fill her in. And then she started to give me her input. Then in about a week's time, I had about 10 bottles of hand cream and 10 lip balms. Then the packaging, the sorry, the labeling came and I started putting the stickers. And I remember it was right before my mom's birthday and I decided to launch Epiphany right on my mom's birthday. She was so proud. But generally, that is how Epiphany came about. What challenges you most about uh, running Epiphany? Um, what, what I could say challenges me and just keeps me up at night is how I know Epiphany deserves more exposure than it's getting. Um, like, like we had already stated out, Epiphany, um, the so true is, is not really open to a lot of cities. Cause the truth is, if this was launched into the, in the US, big things would have started happening. So it cuts in with the factor of, me having to learn patience and being realistic. I had to learn that and I had to know that certain big goals that I need to achieve are going to be a result of me being patient and looking into different people, getting close to them, being strategic, which is all very difficult. So the other difficult thing, I guess, it's um, finance. As much as one would look and say, this kid is actually making money. <laughs> I can't really say I'm making money because once the money comes in, it's restocking things for it's for epiphany. It's it's buying extra copies to take to the bookshops. It's so many different things. So that also is another difficult factor for me. 
So to make it a success that you think it, it, it would be if it were in other countries, where do you need help? There are people who could drive towards what I need here in the store. So I need, yeah. I, I, I had to notice that I can't really, I can't be irrealistic to the point whereby I'm looking for investors in the US. It's, it's not really tangible. So I started yeah. asking a few people how, um, how, how you, how you attract investors, what you need and how do you pick them and what are the perks of having an investor and is it permanent? So I think what could actually do big for Epiphany could be for me to find an investor of at least four to six months, four to six months. But it means I need to account well for Epiphany and have its things straight for me to come up to the investor with good, solid things and to have visions that are reachable. So I believe if I find a person who's willing to invest, invest in this, it could actually do good because once, once it has been invested for, it means I can make extra bottles of everything and send to different shops. Once this is in different shops, people will start talking. And when there's money, there's opportunity for a lot of things. So I think what I need, what could actually open the doors that I see is an investor right now. I'm sure publishing a book, studying uh, Epiphany, I'm sure it has been a very huge learning curve where like, you learn a lot. What do you know now that you wish like you knew before you started? Um, I wish I knew how important it is to respect money because as kids money is just an object i had to learn that you need to respect money for it to respect you and to stay with you so if every time your relationship with money is for it to come and you to blow it it won't want to come and won't so i had to learn that you need to hold money in a certain way you need to respect money in the sense that in your wallet put it in a certain way you don't you don't just <laughs> you don't just put coins just like that. You need to respect it because it comes along with a mindset with how you're also going to respect it when you spend it and spend it for things that are worth it. So I definitely wish I knew that because at that time, my life was at a point which was, I don't know, good in the sense that money was there. But I didn't know, and I wish I did, because I probably would have done things that would have still been benefiting me even now. But <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. And then I, I think I also learned that it's, it's worth it to push something that is your passion. Because I had to learn that as long as it is your vision, you can't expect or tie anybody to the fact to help you with it. Regardless of if it's your brother, your blood brother, your father, even if they are the closest best friend and they have the money and the know-how of helping you, if they don't see it, they won't help you. So you're going to need to be your own type of person in the fact that if you're the only one who sees it, drive towards it, yet you're still alone. They will see it once it's that side and they will still help you. So I needed to learn that being okay and pushing for things that you want while you're still alone. It's fine. It's worth it. And it's a beautiful experience. So 
what's what's your advice for students who want to like start a business while still in school but are afraid that uh the business would compromise their school like um first of all i generally don't believe business compromising schoolwork because yeah like i said managing time is it's very difficult it's it's tricky but it's doable so you need to feel the fear and do it anyway because if you're like me and you're writing your grade 12 in the current situation that we live in and you're supposed to be focusing 110% of your time to your schoolwork at the same time have you ever sat down and asked yourself okay after I get my grade 12 done and dusted and I go to tertiary and I get my degree, are you going to wait to be hired? That, that, that question also needs to play a major role in you deciding to give your schoolwork 200% of your attention. So you feel the fear if you decide it's something that you're passionate for, do it anyway. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be straining. It's going to be scary. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone. So in, in wrapping up, where can people find like your products for Epiphany and uh, the book? Currently, is found at Bountiful Health and Beauty Spa, but I also do deliveries. So um, even for the book also, true, it's also there in the bookshops in the central of Maseru, but I also do deliveries of the very same book also. So if you want a book or the products, my WhatsApp business contacts are 57812424. That was very informative and uh, thanks for making it to the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by SchoolChat, an online learning platform for high school and tertiary students with all the learning resources a student will ever need. Visit schoolchat.com to sign up now. That's schoolchat.com to sign up now.